Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Teacher Talks. My name is Ben Barber. I am your host for this show. It is quickly becoming uh, maybe my favorite podcast that I do and that I've ever done. Uh, we are talking to uh, teachers, experts, professionals, uh, faith leaders, and today I have um, a a another amazing guest, and uh, I just I can't I can't say enough good things about her. So let me make this introduction rather short. Um, because she can speak for herself. She has been the uh, rector, I believe that that is the correct term, the rector at uh, St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Alton um, for almost the last 25 years, uh, Reverend Bettine Bessier. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Great, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Don't Thank know you. if I feel not adequate with your saying professionals and experts and teachers, but <laughs> you absolutely are. So you and I have had several conversations and, um, and I just, I absolutely adore you. Um, I have, uh, I have heard you speak. So I am the producer for, um, Christ Episcopal church in Westerly, which is, uh, just down the road from, from St. Thomas. And you have over the course of the last two years, occasionally, um, guest preached and uh, and filled in while Father Sunil or Father Eric were out. Um, especially, I believe last January, you filled in um, while he was out uh, having a knee surgery um, for 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 a week or so. Um, so I've heard you speak many times, and I, uh, I I love your messages. I love your your sermons, and um, and then getting to know you a little bit and, and helping you, uh, trying to help you guys, um, figure out a live streaming situation for, for St. Thomas. Um, just, uh, you know, you're, you, you are, you are an amazing, uh, person as well <laughs> as an amazing minister. And, um, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show. You're one of the first people that I thought of when I thought, oh, uh, thank you. that I'd like to get some, um, some, some faith leaders on. Uh, how did you, so you've been at the Episcopal church in Alton, Rhode Island for, um, for almost 25 years. Yes. How did you get into, uh, ministry? Oh, gee. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm an, I'm a cradle Episcopalian. There aren't a lot of those, but that's what I am. And, um, I grew up, grew up in Connecticut when I was a kid, you know, women couldn't be ordained as clergy, right? It was it was only men, even you know, not not so far pat in the past. Um, so I went to college, and I actually got a, an advanced degree in botany, if you can believe that. And I worked at the New York Botanical Garden for several years, but I kept having this call up to ministry, right? So finally, I went to to seminary. Um, and it's been, yeah, I just had my 32nd ordination anniversary. So I was ordained in Connecticut. I served at a lot of churches in Connecticut, um, but then cross, and I still live in Connecticut, but I crossed that state boundary. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that you, I didn't know that you still lived in Connecticut. I still live in Connecticut. Yeah. So it's like 30, it's 30 minutes to the yeah. church from where I live. And since I'm part-time, I don't, you know, I rarely go during the week, always on Sunday, maybe once during the week. 
So right. it's not it's not bad at all. That's good. Um, so what? Uh, I love that you said that you're a cradle Episcopalian, and there's not many many yeah. of them. <laughs> um, what? What? Uh, what has? So how? In what ways have you seen the the church? Um, both your both your church, uh, both St. Thomas and the, the Episcopal church as a whole, uh, change in the last, uh, 25 years. Well, a lot, you know, like I said, the women is a big thing, right? Yep. Uh, huge. huge. <laughs> massive. Yeah. And, and not only, not only women clergy, but even women were not allowed to be on vestries. I think until the 1970s, it was only men leading churches. So the Episcopal Church, we weren't the first, but you know, we, we moved along, we, we kind of caught up with some of the more progressive denominations. Um, and you probably know that in the last couple of years, diocese, we have in our denomination, we have um, deacons, and we have priests who serve in churches, and then we have a bishop who's in charge of our diocese. So we're in the Diocese of Rhode Island. Um, but diocese, Episcopal diocese all across the country have just been electing women as bishops by <laughs> incredible numbers. So that's a big change. And I think, you know, I think in 10 or 20 years, it's going to change a lot of the, uh, you know, the way the church does things. A lot of people of color, a lot of people with different kinds of sexual orientation. So it's not this monolith of white men that led the church for, you know, hundreds of years. <laughs> so, yes. uh, I I think that um I think that now I mean they may have uh they they may have had to play catch up a little bit but I think that the I just hit a random button and turned and put a logo oh. on I've never <laughs> done that in the history of doing live streams uh with this software for 2 years I've never accidentally hit a button um the uh, they may have had to play catch up but the Episcopal Church is um is is now uh, a fairly progressive um uh force in the in 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 the in the country uh when it comes to the christian denominations and um that is you're right there there are so many um bishops uh, of color so many bishops that are women so many um so, so many members from the uh the lgbtq i a i hopefully i got that right um it's 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 really nice and it's really uh welcoming and um and and that's and that's wonderful uh i remember listening to um presiding bishop michael curry's book and i think a speech that he did or, or an interview that he did with um deb royce who's uh who who lives in westerly um and uh they were having a conversation and he talked about how his dad um, went to his mom's church in the forties and, uh, and they allowed his dad who, who was a black man to, um, take communion out of the, out of the same, out of the communal cup. And, um, and that his dad kind of looked around like, wait, what? This is, <laughs> you're letting me do. Okay. And, and he knew in that moment that he, that he was going to be an Episcopalian. And now his son is the presiding yeah. bishop. Um, which is which is such a, a, a beautiful uh, story, um, and how has uh, how have the last two years affected um, you know your church and and ministry and uh, and everyone in your um, all of your parishioners? Well, you know, of course, it's been a challenge. Um, 
it, we're, ours is a very small church. Before the pandemic, we had maybe 30 people on a Sunday morning. We just have one service at nine o'clock. So it's been, it's always been a small church. Um, it's a small building, very family oriented. Um, so in a way, the great thing was when the pandemic hit and we didn't have services in person for you know several months, um, we, we all kept in contact with each other. And that was easy to do because some, we have lots of people who are related to one another, live near one another. So that, that's, that was a great thing. Um, you know, and like every church with the ups and downs, you know, people started coming back to church. In the summer of 2020, we met outside. There were like 15 sunny Sundays in a row. <laughs> so we were so lucky on our church lawn, we had outside worship, which was great. Um, you know, but people like now, what, uh, attendance the last few weeks has been very light. People are nervous, and I understand yep. that. So I'm glad we have the option for people to watch online. We definitely have more people watching online than in person. <laughs> so. so tell me about uh, right now you are you are sort of uh, being the producer and priest. Um, yes. <laughs> how how has that uh, how how is that going? Yeah, it's it's okay. It's not perfect. Um, we, you know, in the past, we have had parishioners who've been able to help with the with the camera and the live streaming, but um, you know, I've been doing it by myself for the last few months. So I have I put my camera, the, the phone which uh, operates the camera. I put it on the altar next to me, and I be hit it begin at the beginning of the service, and I hit end at the end, and we hope that everything goes all well. Well, um, of course. On the third Sunday of Advent, which was, I th believe it was December 12th this year, I thought, usually I think I have terrible sermons. But, so this what, this day I thought I had a good sermon. <laughs> Hold and, on, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, I, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> you know, they're like adequate. I'm like, oh, this one is good. And, and we had a guest singer come in um, and it was Gaudete Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent is, is joy, it's Gaudete means sun, uh, joy, and so on. the third Sunday of Sunday, uh, Advent, we're more joyful, we sing better hymns and scripture readings are beautiful. So we had um, a guest coming in to sing uh, from, she was gonna sing one of the arias from Messiah about joy. Of course, 10 minutes in the internet drops so there's no no one hears my sermon no one hears her singing i'm like god this is not fair <laughs> but this is just the way it goes you know i've, I've really learned to be you know I'm, a year ago i might have been super freaked out and there would have been angry for a week and I'm, but now i'm like you know these things happen and so we'll just do it differently the next time and just have to get over it because if we are, if we were all mad about everything that's been going wrong in the last two years, we would all be angry all the time. <laughs> but you yep. just have to like take a deep breath and say, "Okay, just move on." Yeah, uh, I th <laughs> that's uh, that's that's true. If we were all if we were all angry, and some people are angry oh, all I the know. Time about true, everything yeah. that's been going on the last two years, what um, you know, you and I, you and I chatted a little bit before this the show started about. Um, about uh the the challenges being opportunities and um sort of god giving you opportunities to to learn new things and to learn how to be more patient and how to be more forgiving of yourself and how to be you know uh, all of this do you um w what are some of the lessons that you think that we can all uh, sort of take from um from from what's happened the last two years 
<clears throat> well, my favorite thing is just to be kind. Be kind to yourself and be kind to other people. Because we, you know, we all beat up on ourselves all the time. And, I, you know, everything, everyone is going through something. Let's just, you know, despite the fact you go on Facebook and everybody is having a great time doing this or that, you know that everybody is going through something. And, you know, we tend to be, you know, it's easy to be filled with despair in our own lives. But, you know, you have to, you have to like look at like, okay, we're all doing our best right now. If I do one productive thing today, that is great. And I should be proud <laughs> I can get that done. Absolutely. And, and also we have, to, we have to share that with other people. We have to be respectful of where other people are because you know a lot of people, like you said a minute ago, people are angry and they just can't get over this or that. But you know, that, that doesn't mean that we have to respond the same way. You know, just yep. a, little, a little act of kindness, a little gesture of you know, a smile or this or that. I've been trying since the first of the year, I've been trying to say happy new year to everyone I see. I figure <laughs> I'll do that like for one more week, just because why not? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, well, I think that's wonderful. Just, you know, you know, we're just all trying to get through this. <laughs> absolutely. Um, what is your, what is the, most rewarding part of being a priest for you? Um, well, I'll say there are two things. One, because I've been there a long time, 25 years. I have married people. I've baptized their children. I've married siblings. And in one case, even a parent who got remarried. That is a gift to be that involved in people's lives, like through across generations. And uh, of course, I've also buried people you know, multiple generations of, of family members, just to, you know, I, I feel so honored that people let me into their lives that way. And I see like the whole picture and it's not just coming to Sunday morning worship. I see the, the extended family and I've got to be a part of that. And that, you know, I, I feel so lucky because of that. <laughs> but the other thing is, and I, I mentioned this on Sunday in my sermon, um, you know, people tell me stories. I, I feel I feel like in a way, <laughs> you know, you, you said before the show started about people who say the same thing every Sunday. I say that all the time. I feel like my sermons are the same thing every Sunday. I want people, you know, I want people to have God-filled lives. I want them to live the gospel every minute of, of their life. And I want them to see where God is at work, just you know, in their personal lives, in their homes, in their jobs, wherever they are, where, where do you see God? And then when people come back and they tell me those stories, like, you're never going to, you're never going to believe what just happened to me. Or you're never going to believe, you know, this coincidence or what I saw and that they recognize that as God being active in their lives. That just fills me with just joy and like the spirit, like, yeah, that's what we all have to do every day. We're, we're, we think we're alone, but we're not alone. God is with us, right behind us or on us. Or, <laughs> and all we have to do is recognize that and say, when we're having a bad day, say, uh, God, I need a little help here. <laughs> I, watched a, um, I watched a video the other day uh, where they referenced a, a poem. The, the person that did the video was the author, John Green. But um, I, don't, I don't know the poem that he was referencing, but he, he basically said... Um, 
that uh, every every time you walk a path, uh, it's not only is it different for everybody, but it's different every time you walk it because you change between one time you're walking the path and the next time you're walking the path. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like, I think that having, um, I think that having your uh, sermon be the same tones every week and the same things every week uh, are, are uh, like, there's only so many uh, truths and there's only so many like uh, points behind the thing that, that you get to everything else is sort of dressing, but it's going to affect the people in the pews differently every week because they've changed over the course of those seven days. You know, something in their life has happened and the thing that you say this week tiny bit differently also hits them a little bit differently because you're different and they're different. And, um, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, reading and interpreting the Bible. Right. Like uh, the, the words never change. Right. <laughs> the words never change. But what they mean to you does and and who you are does. Right. And um, and and I think that uh, so, yeah. I know that I was saying that before before we got on air. I was saying like, oh, and, and, <laughs> and this and this old pastor that I had gave the same sermon every every week. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing though, and and I also can guarantee that you do not give the exact same sermon every <laughs> week because I've heard you. Um, but it's uh, you know I think that um, I, I I I love your ability to be present. Um, every conversation that I've ever had with you, every time that I've ever seen you uh, preach, you are um, one of the most present uh, priests that I've ever seen. And, um, and, and I, and I, and I want to say thank you for that uh, on behalf of me and behalf on, on behalf of, I'm, I'm sure your entire congregation and every parishioner that you have, because your ability to be present with someone is, is everything, you know? Thank you for saying that. <laughs> you're you're welcome. Um, is there any advice? Uh, obviously, this is this has been a trying time on people's faiths. Um, is there any advice that you would have for people that maybe uh, are feeling um, forlorn or uh, or dejected or uh, devoid of hope right now? Well, you know, sometimes I. I'm shocked, like churches and houses of worships of all faiths are not packed right now because what, you know, between COVID and just the craziness in this country and in the world, like what do you have to hold on to if you don't hold on to God and you don't hold on to hope? Everything else we've seen, everything else crumbles and can crumble. And if you read through the scriptures, especially, you know, in the Hebrew scriptures, Right. This is the experience of the Israelites over and over and over. Life crumbles. Things crumble that you have come to count on. And so you better turn to God because God is the only thing that's not going to crumble. I wish we, as all religious leaders of all all faiths, did a better job of communicating that to people. Because it's not going to make, you know, believing in God, coming to church is not going to pay your bills. It's not going to make COVID go away. But for the most part, you're going to come, you'll be in a community of people who have hope. And I think that's always a good thing because even if you don't have it, sometimes people have enough to carry you through whatever you need to be carried through. And then you can do that for the next person. Um, 
And so, you know, I, I tell people come to church, re read the Bible, read the Psalms if you're having a bad day, because the Psalms always speak to you in some way, I think. Um, and just reach out to one another and, and find find companionship where you need it. You know, I people who are nervous and stay by themselves all the time, I worry about them. You know, you, we all need other people right now. We do. We absolutely need other people. And, um, and I think that all of the, all of the different ways of reaching out to other people is, is a benefit that we've, that we've gotten. There are so many different ways. There are so many different ways to connect with people. And I think that that is, that that's, um, a benefit that we've gotten, uh, over the last two years is learning that there's different ways to, to connect and, um, you know, so many people, uh, so many people, like you said, like that are your parishioners that can't come in to church that are able to to watch and and share in fellowship online and communicate with each other in different ways. Um, you know, we're not always going to have the pandemic, um, but people will have other reasons why they need to stay home and people have, will have other reasons why they need to be in a separate place from someone else. And right. the fact that we now will all have these skill sets uh is is really special so right i you know some of our i've heard some colleagues church colleagues who say you know they're going to shut down their online services as soon as the pandemic's over to me i i i like i said we have more people online than we do in person so i right. i think it's an opportunity and of course you you and you know some other people were the ones that kind of convinced me of that like even if even if you reach one person online who might not ever hear some scripture or ever hear words of hope, you know, then that's worth it, right? It's just to say that, you know, they need to be in church, that, that, you know, that's not realistic. And uh, we have a nine o'clock, we have one service at nine and people don't like coming to church at nine o'clock in the morning. So if they can sit at home and as they say, they watch our nine o'clock service at 11 a.m. and then they feel good. So. Yeah. That's and that's it and and um and it's meeting people where they are right that, like, that, that's right true. and that's the, that's the thing about the church the Episcopal Church has not been that good about that right historically we have to do better we have to be where the people are right what what are we doing if we're not doing that absolutely well um you are a shining example of how to be present how to be patient. Um, how to how to share and spread kindness with other people, um, and uh, and and I and I love it, and I I've really enjoyed getting to know you this past year, and uh, and I hope that I get to know you more in the future. Um, Likewise, and thank you for all the things you've taught me about many things. I appreciate that over the last two years. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, I hope that you'll come back on this show. Uh, soon and um and and we can talk a little bit more in depth about some other things um sure. but uh is there anything that you'd like to leave people with as a as a final thought no just what i said before be kind to yourself and be kind to other people you know it goes a long way <laughs> um that's 
that's awesome. I I appreciate it, and that's going to be the title of this uh, episode. <laughs> okay, so, good. <laughs> be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Um, thank you, and uh, and I will right. talk to you soon. And people can find more out more information about Patine and about Saint Thomas in the description of this video or this podcast, wherever you're watching or listening to it. Um, so that you can uh, check out their online services and uh, and find out more about this amazing congregation, this amazing um, uh, some this amazing priest yourself. So thank you, thank again. you very much. <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you okay. soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, she is wonderful. She is fantastic. Uh, again, this is this is one of my favorite shows because we get to go so far in depth with with all of these people. And I don't know why that just came up. Um, that was not supposed to come up. Thank you, Pat. Uh, but this is this has been wonderful, and I'm very excited uh, to talk more um, with Reverend Bettine Bessier uh, at another time. So thank you. This has been Teacher Talks, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.